Welcome to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations with Nina Impala. Do you have questions about death? How about events surrounding death? Or perhaps you have questions that need to be answered after death. On this program, we talk frankly and openly about the subject and invite you to share your comments and experiences as well. Now, here is your host, Nina Impala. Hi there, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here today with Father Nathan. I'm going to read a little bit of his bio and so much is happening around him all the time. So it's wonderful that he is a regular guest on our show. Originally from Groves, Texas, he graduated from Trinity University in San Antonio, entered the Dominican Order in 1979. He received MA and a Master's in Divinity degrees from the Dominican School of Philosophy and Theology at the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley, California, and served in campus ministries in California and served in campus ministries in California and Arizona 27 years. He was pastor, director of the Catholic Community at Stanford University and also at the All Saints Catholic Newman Center at Arizona State University. He's chaired the executive board of the Catholic Campus Ministry Association. He is the author of Antoto II, The Wizards of Oz as a Spiritual Adventure, and his new book, Afterlife Interrupted, Helping Stuck Souls Cross Over. Over the past 22 years, Nathan Castle says he has helped at least 350 people who died suddenly adjust to the afterlife. These victims of fires, automobile accidents, shootings, stabbings, and drownings came to him in his dreams, seeking help for resolving their interrupted death experiences. And although such contact with the other side was not something he sought out, Father Nathan has come to believe that providing such help is something the Holy Spirit has given him to do. He's a regular guest on my show, and he's on the third Wednesday of every month, and I am thrilled to have him here again today. Well, not as thrilled as I am to be back with you. <laughs> well, thanks, Father Nathan. <laughs> I just love it. It's great. And we, you know, I want to really talk about today in the beginning of the show, the companion video series that you're doing to your book. You so graciously shared it with me. It's five hours, and I'm getting into the fourth module. But the one thing I really wanted to bring up today, and this is all for you to just kind of get a little sampling of what's in this video series that goes with the book, is that Father Nathan consecrates his sleep. And I never really, he's told me about it before, and I've never really thought about it until I heard him speak of it and the lessening of anxiety is what I felt when I was listening to it and I took a bunch of notes about it. And having so much to do with the breath out. Am I right about that in consecrating the sleep? So I want you to kind of tell us about it a little bit, Father Nathan, because it's just really beautiful what you do before bed. I've never even heard of it before. Actually. Sure. Sure. Well, um, a part of that started in childhood. I had the experience of my Catholic devout mother putting me to bed and leading me in my night prayers. And that was a succession of uh, blessings of people when I was really small. I could at least do a repeat after me thing. She would, she would say a name and I would bless that name. Um, and then later, uh, and, and for most of my life, prayer before bedtime has been my best prayer time. Mm-hmm. When I'm, uh, you know, kind of powered down from the busyness of the day. Uh, and then uh, are you familiar with uh, the prayer called Compline? No. A lot of people aren't. Um, it's spelled C-O-M-P-L-I-N-E. And in a, in a monastery, Compline is the last prayer of the day. It's, it's a kind of prayer that tucks in the monks for the night. How oh, nice. Um, and I have prayed Compline for many years. It essentially is a sort of, if you can imagine your consciousness being a, a, an object that you could hand to another person. Okay. Right before you're going to go unconscious and not in need of your consciousness, uh, you hand it to the Holy Spirit and oh. say, here, would you like this? And by the way, if, you, if there's anything that you can do with it while I'm asleep, go ahead. So I've been doing that for many years. So that's part of it. So it's kind of like you're in service in the evening. Yeah, St. Paul said to uh, pray without ceasing. Yes, it's But true. God designed our bodies to be unconscious one-third of every day. 
Yes. And so what does it mean to pray even while you're unconscious? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, part of what I do is uh, consecrate my uh, sleep time. And uh, I, uh, sometimes I do it with a sense of dedication, the yes. way that white one might dedicate a song on the radio or something. Okay. Uh, um, this is going out to all the saints and angels. <laughs> you know, I just ask for my consciousness to be uh, uh, held uh, safe, for me yes. to be safe in the night, and that if I can, um, you know, uh, I intercede for other people. Mm-hmm. I've interceded for you. You've had some health issues, and I've, I have. Uh, you know, interceded for you. Uh, sometimes I'll just set an intention before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. This night's sleep is for Anina. Okay. Something like that. I love that. that. Thank you for that. I am feeling better. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I know you're into, so much into etymology, a lot of people are learning that about you. And when we talk about the word spirit, and you had talked in your video series, you talked a little about what the etymology was for spirit and the out breath. Do I have that right? Yeah. Spirit is related to, it's the root of, Respiration. Okay. Inspiration means to breathe in. Expire means to breathe out. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, spirit is breath, and it, like in the in the Jewish and Christian scriptures, when God f- first speaks on day uh, at the <laughs> on page one of the Bible. Yes. You know, God says, "Well, when God when you speak, breath goes out from a mouth, and yes. God speaks spirit." Uh, and says, let there be something, light, and then it becomes, and so on. So the idea of God having breath uh, is all the way back to the first sentence of of the Jewish Christian scriptures. And I don't think, you know, we talk about the breath and, you know, relaxing for anxiety. You do it to the count of four and, you know, into the count of four, out to the count of four, which is something I've done at night. But I've never actually put it together I mean, I always felt the the breath is holy because I, I always believe it's our connection to heaven. I wrote an article about that, but there was just something in it when you were speaking about it that felt very peaceful and thinking of the word spirit and thinking of my out breath and what it can do while I'm asleep because you're not even thinking about it. You breathe in and out the whole time you're sleeping and it is something that just happens. So I... I really liked um, listening to that and practicing and it when I go to you were bed. Breath- you were breathing in the womb when, yes, and you were breathing liquid at the time. But um, uh, and then, of course, we learned how to move from breathing uh, liquid to breathing air right away. We knew yes. exactly what to do when the time came. And with that being said, this is one little more little gem that came. And then just to, just to let our audience know, when you were discussing. Well, it, it does, it absolutely has to do with death. So what you were talking about is that when you're in the womb, you know how to breathe. You're breathing water in the womb and you know how to breathe. And then you're born and you just know what to do. And when our time comes to die, we're going to know what to do. Yes. And I truly believe in that. And I think that, you know, with all the work we're doing and all the things that are out there, that I, I would wish that for everybody. And if you just kind of take that in, Father Nathan, the way you talk about it, and you, you think about being in the womb, and then you think about being born, and then you live your life, and how we got here and how we will leave here. If we got here not knowing what to do, but knowing what to do, it'll be the same when we leave. Yes. And then when we got here, it's true, we left our mother's womb, but we weren't isolated. We wouldn't have known the first thing about how to feed ourselves or clothe ourselves. You know, we, we relied on others who got here before we did. And the work that I do with, with Stuck Souls is the same. Even if they feel like isolating, they really can't because the universe is a, a network. It, yes. It's just you can't really be an island. You, you, can do a, you can do something sort of like that, but you're not going to be left all alone. It's just not good for you. Yes, it's not. And it's not going to happen. We're, you're not going to be alone ever. And I, I, I got so much just from the beginning of your video series. So today, uh, Father Nathan is going to be offering um, a special um, discount for listening to the show. Is that correct, Father Nathan? Sure. Great. 
And um, I want you to everybody to know that that's going to be a really sweet deal to have today. And it's beautiful. And the book is beautiful. And there's so much to learn and so much to glean from all of it. So um, maybe- well, while, while we're on that topic, sure, what, I, sure. what I would just do, I, I, I had a, a marketing company help me with this. And I chose the low end of what they said it might be worth. Okay. Uh, and that was $197 for a five-hour series. Okay. That cost me ten thousand to produce. Uh, fortunately, a donor paid for it already. How nice! So, uh, that was really sweet. Yes. But if if people can't afford that, what all I ask them to do is go on my website nathan-castle.com and send me an email. Okay. Uh, if if we need to negotiate something below that, well, we can do that individually. Beautiful. And you know, you are a Catholic priest. It isn't like you're. You know, it's your work on donations. So. It's beautiful work that you're doing, Father Nathan, and we're going to go in and talk about our, our two young men here today that I am found stories to be quite inspiring with both of them, and um, both of them did have to deal with drugs and the selling of drugs and taking drugs, and if you'd like to talk a little bit about how we got permission today um, to have these two young men on the show. Yeah, and both of these are pretty recent. Uh, within the last two months. And the first was um, uh, in the dream that I received, I was in the back seat of a car behind the driver with three other young men that I didn't know very well. And we were driving through uh, a kind of an, an inner, inner city kind of drab place. We came upon a collision on uh, like a, an over, one of those tall ramps that, go way up when intersect when uh, interstates intersect. Yes. Um, and there were, there was a collision there, but the driver didn't stop to help. And he sped up really dangerously and started driving like a bat out of hell. And the poor guy that he was showing me all of this, he rolled up in a ball, pretty confident that they were going to crash into something and they did, but he didn't survive it. So um, it turned out that um, he, he has given me, permission to tell his story but not to use his real name okay so what so he he created a name that's not his real name that he said call me kenny okay he liked the name kenny so uh it turned out that he was uh probably about 15 he uh his father was not in the picture his mother was working two jobs to house and feed him but he hardly ever saw her because she was at work all the time Yes. And he began to be sort of recruited by this, this group of young men that, um, that were indeed a gang, but they didn't look like gangsters. They uh, were and, um, drug dealing? Was well, that- they didn't let him know that right away. Mm. Uh, they were just friendly with him, and they, mm-hmm. uh, they came by. And what had happened, the wreck that they came upon wasn't accidental. It was, um, it was, another, it was a gang fight going on on a freeway with guns. And so he got himself into a situation because I noticed when I was reading it, he didn't actually said he didn't actually do drugs, but they were men that were accepting of him, which. Yeah, he was a young guy that, that he thought it was cool that people a few years older than him were paying attention to him. And wanted to be with him. And it was yeah. like the, you know, with gang related activity, a lot of times it's all that they feel like they have a family. Yeah, he just no he just home. he just liked the fact. Yeah, when he went home, he had to cook for himself and play video games, and it was boring. And these these guys that were a few years older showed an interest, and so he uh, began to hang out with them. And he got in a car with them, not even knowing where they were going. Yeah, and it ended up um, culminating in his death. So, what was interesting when he died, that guardian and the guardian calls himself Abe. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was his guardian angel because he said, the, the one whom I tried to guard and protect met with an end I would not have wanted for him. I couldn't protect him from some of the consequences of choices of companionship. And one of the things that I found so interesting about that comment was that and I'm going to read this other part from him, from Abe, beyond the limits of what's right and proper and true as a guardian, but was limited as our parents in the way that the ones in your care make choices as they move through their own life story. 
that spoke to me in the way of like how far our angels or guardian angels can go to help us. Yes. There's a limit. There is. Yeah. We're, we're free agents. We've been given the great gift of uh, uh, free will that I was taught that that's of all the attributes that God gave us. That's the one that's most like God or most unique to God. Yes. Yes. I would agree with you. When lives get degraded, when people really do lose their uh, freedom especially through um, uh, addiction, for one thing. Yes. It, it, it just looks like cancer of the soul. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting way to put it because he, 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 he seemed to be, got himself into trouble that he was kind of surprised he was in. That's that little bit what it felt like to me. But yeah. he, um, the guardian just seems to the wisdom of the guardian when he says that, and I want everybody to hear this doesn't matter what the external appearances are of choices people make. They're still valuable, even though they make mistakes. And that that's, that's love. That's the afterlife. Yes. And, and from the work that you've done, what I've noticed is, you know, these deaths, you know, they're all very traumatic in the way that they've happened and people feel bad about themselves and there's guilt involved and, you know, it's still kind of there, but they're in this place where people love them and helping them get to these different levels, I guess you would say, with all these different people that are helping them. Yes, a lot of it seems like kind of an organized continuum of care, something like, like, uh, Hospitals are organized. Yeah. You know, there's an ER and an and a, a intensive care and then a step-down room and then maybe a, a private room. And eventually, I feel like I'm the, I and my prayer partners are the discharge nurses. Yes. Gosh, we have to go to break already. Okay. Let's do that. And then we'll come back and talk about Kenny a little bit more. Okay. Thanks so much. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. If you have a question for Nina Impala or her guest today, call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to tutoringforthespirit at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, and we're back with Father Nathan, and we are talking about... Penny, one of the things to Father Nathan that I really enjoy when I'm reading these stories is the different ways that they describe the place that they're in. And 
it's like, you know, in the Catholic faith, we talk about purgatory, but, and I've come to realize that they have to go to different places to rest when they die tragically. And he says, the, the angel had said to him, well, right now you just need to catch your breath. You need to heal and clean up a bit. Where can we take you where that happens? You know, so it's the way they describe it. It makes perfect sense that somebody would die so tragically. You know, it's like if, if, if you fell or something bad happened to you, and like you were talking about the hospital, you have to go to a certain room just to kind of catch your breath and get yes. a hold of yourself. Mm-hmm. And who knows how long that takes. And you were thinking that these young men died not very long ago. Yes, sometimes there are elements in the dream itself, for example, and the one we might talk about a little later in the show, he made Mm -hmm. a reference to Uber. Well, how long has that been around? Exactly. Oftentimes there's references to cell phones or uh, or the lack of that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, recently I dealt with a woman from the uh, uh, mid-1850, 1860, and her language just, she was talking about uh, buggies and uh, a child that was killed uh, in a carriage accident. <laughs> well, yeah. Wow. That's, and that was, you know, that would have been a really long time ago. And there's really yeah. no, they all come to you at all different times. Yeah. And these guys uh, were a little uncommon in that their passings had been so recent. Most of the time, they're, uh, you know, maybe a year or two or three. Mm-hmm. These guys, I think, were really recent, which is why they didn't want us using their real names because they're, um, their tragic deaths are still kind of raw. Yes. Well, it was interesting who Kenny chose um, to bring him to that next level. I always think that's fascinating too, because it's not always someone that's like a mom or a dad. They're, they really vary. This gentleman um, who they called Pops, I could just picture him, you know, a father to so many boys in a rough neighborhood. Yeah. And when he came through, through actually when it came through when you uh we had to ask for permission there was something that you sent me that i just really want everybody to hear too because i consider it to be really beautiful and non-judgmental about drug addiction or gang members or anything like that it was so beautiful so i'm going to read it okay father nathan uh-huh. he said i didn't vilify gang members because i saw most of them were little children in young men's body They had not had the opportunity to grow up with any kind of sense of being loved and stable. These young men were not rotten to the core. They were in a rotten environment that failed them. Yes. Yeah. I think, go ahead. I I think Pops, I don't know if he was a minister. He was African-American elder. Uh, I don't know if he had been in the ministry or maybe in a kind of social service role. Uh, he was very involved in like community organizing and cared deeply about the young people in his neighborhood. He did, you know, and, and the way that he talked about him, he did kind of feel like a pastor. He felt like someone that was father to many. Yes. And maybe he was a pastor in a church. And Kenny felt very, very comfortable with him. And he just, you know, he, he learned so much many things in that time, just in the time that, of what I read that you sent me, it was just, it, there was just so much that happened, so much good that happened yeah. to him and so many realizations. Mm-hmm. Great work. Just great work. Yeah. Kenny is a real quick study. He, yes. Yeah. He was really open and he didn't, you know, it's like he died and then he thought, oh, I guess life does go on. He didn't know that or didn't have any any uh, idea that maybe it's because he died so early in his life that he hadn't really thought about it. And, and he didn't go into uh, shame about, you know, not having had his mother's permission to be out with these guys anyway, or, right. uh, or any kind of sense of being a loser or, you know, down on himself. He just kind of stayed in the moment and realized that he was now out of body. He took advice from the people that came for him. Uh, he did a lot of things well. And, and he said he was doing a lot of new things. Is that, I remember that was him, right? Yes. He yeah. said, you know what, these are things I haven't done for about, and I haven't done before. And you had put in one part of, um, at the end, in when your summary, that he hadn't observed the big picture. He had not, he had just seen the trees, but not the forest. 
Yeah. And, and it seems like when he crossed over, she saw the forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really beautiful. So I loved that the healing that took place um, with, you know, with him being in gang activity, because that's a real thing. And the next young man that came in for you was Dominic. Yes. Dominic was very different. Tell us about that dream. Well, that's, that's not his real name either. Um, but in, his, in that dream, I woke, I was, um, I was coming to wakefulness, but in a very uh, groggy state, I was on the ground uh, in a, with moss and leaves. And I got up and it was either twilight or pre-dawn. And I didn't know where I was. Uh, I knew I was near a major city but I didn't know how I got where I was and what to do next. And about the time I realized that I needed to go somewhere, I looked down and realized I was standing in the ruts of um, the kind of trail that, that cars leave in an unpaved, like in a, uh, a meadow or something. Okay. Like a dirt you know? road that went through a meadow. Yeah. Okay. But you, you know, just the parallel uh, ruts that, that wheels form. Got it. And, and I thought, well, this has to lead somewhere. And so I started following it one way in the stream and I came to a house with a couple of of girls and a mom. And I thought I'd be really scary looking, but they were kind and they, Mm. uh, they welcomed me and uh, said that I, uh, it looked like I needed to sit down and rest a bit. And then I woke up and it turned out that that was really the way that Dominic experienced waking up from uh, his death. Yes. I, when I read your stories, I always get visions as well. And I just imagined him like, you know, I don't know, kind of like Goldilocks, you know, just walking down the road and looking for whatever he was looking for. And then he ends up in this place. And, yep. and I immediately thought that they were angels too. Or at least, uh, if not angels, at least afterlife helpers. Helpers, afterlife helpers. Okay, yeah, that's good verbiage for that, afterlife helpers. Because a lot of the people that I help, after they um, are helped, they kind of want to turn around and help others. Yeah. You know the way a lot of people who had hospitalizations when they were children end up becoming physical therapists? Yes. That sort of thing? Yes. They have a feel for... um, the, the territory and feel like they'd like to turn around and do for others what was done for them. Yeah. So I see like, that happen in the afterlife too. And the other thing that told me that he had um, died from um, the drugs that he had taken is the fact that that wouldn't happen now that if a young man went and knocked on somebody's door that was disheveled and, maybe looked like he was homeless or something like that. I mean, I, it, just the way it was described, I could not see something like that happening now. You well, know? He, he was surprised. He, he knew that he looked a fright, and he was surprised that these people were so trusting and accepting of him. And no judgment, yeah. zero. And so I did, do you think that that's then he realized that he wasn't on earth anymore? I don't know if he knew point? it right away, but I think he began to get the picture. That uh, that he re- it took him a while to realize that he had died, and uh, that that was always a possibility because his drug habit was uh, pretty advanced, and yeah, finally um, this particular uh, experience did did take his life. He said that he he was he was in his mother's backyard, and he just laid down. And, he, and the, 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 what the effect that the drug had on him was to make him really tired. Uh, yes. And he just laid down and uh, he stopped breathing and his heart stopped. Yes. And, it, and they talk about that in, in the story that he says, I'm looking for this right here, that the amount that you took made you sleepy and you fell asleep on the ground and your heart got slower and slower until it stopped, mm-hmm. until it didn't beat anymore. And he wasn't even conscious. So it just had, there was this physical feeling that, you know, it just stopped. So I almost want to say like he died in his sleep, but you can't really say that because he was, he was so drug induced that he didn't really even know where he was. And I think dying in his mom's backyard was, was hard for him. 
to realize that later. But then the, you know, the guardians, the helpers, the angels all say, you know, it's like there's certain parts that you just deal with and then other parts that are going to be helped. He's going to be helped with someone else. And it seems like that part of it was like, we'll be getting to that more later. Mm -hmm. You know, the part of the self-forgiveness about being in his mom's yard. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was so disoriented. So Dominic, he, he was the one that made me think so much of how he needed to rest. And when we use the word rest in peace, until I read this, you know, when you see the sign rip, you know, rest in peace, mm-hmm. or I hear in church, rest in peace. I always thought, well, you know, they're in the afterlife. They're already resting. So why would you have to say rest in peace once they're there, they're loved, they're happy. But after reading this, I see it a lot differently. Maybe people that die from suicide or people that die tragically, they, they are not at peace and they have, to, they have to rest for a while before they can go on to the next level or whatever that might be. A lot of it, uh, I've done so many of these, it, sometimes people will have kind of an overarching or primary idea in their imagination and everything else follows from that you know okay so when it's here you have um he says well the place that you're in is really and then he goes dot 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 you had so little energy when you were first waking up that this is a very low level but there are more energetic things just around the bend or just a little bit above this level. Think of it as like layers or something like radio waves where the numbers get higher on the band as you go from left to right. Mm-hmm. That was a very good description and made perfect sense. So when they leave and they go to whatever that next place is, then the other healing begins. Yes, and okay. that it's, it's gradual and that one thing leads to another and yes. um, the the work that my prayer partners and I do represents a fairly big transition, but it's still a part of a continuum. Go a little deeper with that one. All right. Think of a book. Uh, you, you might have a really absorbing novel, for example, and you get to the end of a chapter and th- that part of the story really does conclude. But then you turn the page and there's the next chapter. Okay. You know, or like, you know, I've been in academia for much of my life, graduation. It's a great big deal to get a college degree, uh, but they call it commencement. I see. Because it's, it's not about just finishing, it's about starting. And so you're, you're in, in your work, you're the man that is chosen for specific people, it feels like. Because when they're, you know, in this one, it was really interesting because when he was talking to his guardian or his helper, they said, uh, I think it was, sure, go ahead and pick one for me. And well, there's this man that's a priest. I just found that a little amusing because it's like, yeah, there's a man and he is a priest. And so you're the guy, you know? And so everybody, it's, it's almost like you're, a, well, you're a heaven helper on earth. They're an afterlife helper on earth, Father Nathan. That's kind of the only way I can put it all together. Because, because they're a continuum. The, the kingdom of God is in our midst. We're already eternal. Okay. Yes. We don't start being eternal when we die. We started being eternal when we came into being in the first place. Yes. Beautiful. Do you well, remember uh, we talked about Wilhelmina uh, last yeah. week or, or last month? Oh, yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember her, the lady that, whose husband died while she was doing the mending? Yes. Um, yes. Sh- when she finally got ready to do this process, they, they gave her something that she said reminded her of the Sears catalog. Oh, remember? Right. Yes. She, she said, I paged through it. They told me there's lots of different ways that I could make this next step. And then I turned a page and I saw one of them was this Catholic priest. And I thought, well, that's what I want because I'm a Catholic. Okay. So I was like a picture in a catalog for her. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. It's perfect. Well, Dominic, um, gosh, we're getting close to break again. But I, I really want to talk about the milkman. And the milkman is the man that gets him to yeah. go to the next level. So why don't we go to break We're gonna, and, and then when we'll come back, we'll talk about that. That'll be okay. awesome. Okay. Right. Thanks. We'll be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. If you have a question for Nina Impala or her guest today, call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to tutoringforthespirit at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. I'm back with Father Nathan, and we were talking about Dominic. What's so interesting about Dominic is he did not want any drama. His life had been full of it. And remember he had said, Father Nathan, he had talked about an Uber. And so he didn't really have an Uber or a cab, but he had the milkman. So why don't you tell us about that and what that meant for him? Back in the original dream, um, when he got to this place with these girls and the mother that welcomed him, um, he asked if he could call for an Uber. So that suggested to me that he hadn't been gone very long because I've only known about Uber for a few years. Um, right. But but when it did, uh, t- t- when it really was time for him to go, uh, instead of choosing a family member or some famous person, he just chose to close his eyes and let it happen. Mm. Because he said, nothing has happened to me since I left my body except kindness. Oh. All along the way, everybody that I've met has been kind to me. And so there's no reason for me to mistrust. Whatever the next thing is, I'm sure it will be perfect. Yeah. And that's when Al showed up. Yep. The milkman. And he Al said, he says, and the thing that Dominic said it's very, it's all very simple. I mean, if you could think back to, you know, when you got milk bottles left on your porch, the the empties were taken and the new ones were put in. It's a very like simple minded kind of job with no drama. And he said he, this was a new route for him, I, I believe, but he said, I think doing this makes him better. And they were like going to be helping each other. I think they wanted me to be with somebody who can show me that it's not that hard to start where you are and get a little bit better or learn one new thing. Uh-huh. And it was an organized path. And yeah. for a gentleman whose life was so chaotic, being addicted to drugs, this all sounds very simple. Yes. And even the, I've seen this before. I, I don't know this. Al didn't tell us very much about himself, which is um, normal when you're, a delivery guy. Right. You know, when the UPS guy comes to the, the door, you don't quiz him about his life story. No. <laughs> He's not there for that reason. No. Uh, and, 
Go ahead. So, so Al shows up and says, um, you know, I, I know how to deliver the milk and I know how to pick up the empties. And this is a new route, but they've given me explicit instructions. I have all that I need to do the job right. And uh, I think Dominic felt a little bit like an empty, but it, that didn't bother him. He, he felt like a, um, what did you say? Like an empty, an, an mm-hmm. empty bottle. He's, oh. He said, um, he, he, I don't know if he had done any AA or NA or, you know, any of the 12 step movements, but he's, he said, um, you know, people that have stories about being empty or in the gutter or, uh, completely down and out, some of them turn that around and make that a really powerful healing for other people. It's true because go ahead. I'm sorry that he, he, uh, he didn't mind the idea of maybe being kind of compared to an empty milk bottle. He said, but there's a place for me. I belong. And this owl guy, uh, knows, uh, know where, knows where to take me. And it, and it looks like there's something in it for him too, that he's learning something. Yeah. Um, um, he, he, he talked a little bit about, well, he, he talked a little bit about that, you know, the chaos of being addicted. And I think for someone like him who just needed to rest and stuff, this was perfect for him. What was beautiful. I'm going to go digress a little bit to what you were just talking about, about, um, them, both of them, Kenny and Dominic today, wanting to share their story, almost like an AA meeting, uh-huh. you know, where people talk about things that what, there's no judgment if you go to an AA meeting and people, yeah. and they keep it amongst them, their own little unit there in the AA meeting, you're not allowed to talk about it outside the circle. And people that have bottomed out and had to share some pretty ugly stuff and knowing that it helps other people. And I thought that was so beautiful when you went in and asked them about their names and stuff, if they, that's something that they brought up all on their own. Is that correct? I think Dominic's the one that talked about that. Am I right? Yes. And, you know, if you know about the 12 steps, uh, that one of the, right near the beginning, you are encouraged to access your higher power, however you conceive of that yes. higher power. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, doesn't have to be God talk. So uh, once in a while, I'm around people that are surprised that I'm not asking Jesus to come. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm a, I, it's not up to me to tell these people how this <laughs> needs to go. Yes. God, God is everywhere in all things and in all persons. And so it doesn't have to be in, if, if religious categories work well, well, great, but I don't need to be the orchestrator of that. So if somebody like Al the Milkman shows up and is the person that's best suited for the job, well, so be it. Yep. He really, it was really a beautiful exit, you know, and the next thing for him will probably be, you know, the bigger story of how he became addicted and there will be other people to help him with that. And you're, you're the, we're the beginning part of that journey. And I just think it's beautiful. And, you know, going back to your video series here for a minute, um, you just reminded me of something God is everywhere and every, in every cell and everything and all persons is even though you're a Catholic priest, you know, I, I really want people to know out there, you know, everything is, is it's your video series is very universal, but you're bringing in it the beautiful gems and wisdom of being a Catholic priest, which I love. And so, but if someone was to watch the video series and, you know, pairing it with the book, of course, they're going to, they're going to get, it's, it's like, I want to say it in a way that it's, it's, adding so much more to whatever it is they're learning. That's what I felt during the, the beginning part of the video series that I've watched. It's added so much to my own life. Well, I'm glad for that. In all aspects. So it, there's really a lot to learn from. And I always kind of feel like I'm in school, you know, which I am in school all the time. But the, the video series feels very like I'm taking a college class, actually. In theology. Well, I, I started calling it a course, but then one of my sisters is an educator, and she said, this is, this is instructive, but it really isn't uh, organized quite like a course. So she discouraged me from using yes. the word course. But it is, in a way, theological study with the touches of your etymology are in there, which I think helps explain a lot some of the things that we talk about when we talk about your, your people that you help cross over. During the week, Father Nathan, do you have this every week? Do people come in every week? I don't know if we've talked about this before. Uh, 
on average, it's about once a week. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit knows when I'm over busy. Oh, that's and interesting. When I'm over busy, um, I, they kind of leave me alone. And yeah. then, <laughs> then when I get a little break time, sometimes I'll get two in the same night. Yes. Uh, or sometimes they will come in kind of a bundle. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm never completely current. I think I have about six in the line right now. Wow. Uh, but um, but my, 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 my prayer partners and I are doing almost all of this on Zoom calls now because of the inability to be in the same room. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, but uh, I, tomorrow I have, have the day off. Uh, actually, I don't. Friday I do. <laughs> Maybe on Friday I'll, I'll, uh, I'll set up a Zoom call and we'll help some people. I usually do two of them back to back. Well, it's interesting because it, it's this, these conversations and the connection to the afterlife, what you have, that you have, it, it's like when, uh, I think that was with Dominic, when they say there's this priest, and I could just see him having the conversation, there's this priest, but he's working on media right now, and he, we're, we're going to have to wait a couple of weeks, or, because time's different there, but whatever it is, I feel like they're, they're just kind of in line. You know? And nobody feels, um, it's not annoying, like, you know, being left on hold. Or impatience, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's people no know better. No, I haven't experienced any of that, uh, or you know, nobody that's um, you know got an attitude about. Well, finally, you know, <laughs> that just doesn't happen. Yes, and you know, after you do have them, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here about those experiences. Are you able to usually just go right back to sleep after something like that, or sometimes is it hard to go back to sleep? Mostly, I go right back to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. I usually keep a little bit of light reading on the nightstand anyway, or crossword puzzles or something. So oh, just, I'll, I'll say a quick prayer and a blessing over the person. And then if I don't think I can fall asleep quickly, I'll, you know, read something light or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just distract myself until I'm getting sleepy. Yeah. Well, but even the ones that are really violent and ugly, they don't ruin my sleep for the rest of the night. They just, that's, you were the man for the job. That's for sure. You know, I know with my hospice work, a lot of people have always said to me, you know, in fact, yesterday, um, I'll tell a quick little story. I was um, at the cleaners, and of course, you know, there's so many people suffering right now, which is different things, and her cleaners was practically empty, but she was happy to see me, and I, I brought her something in there I wanted her to mend and fix for me, and uh, she goes, I'm not sure when I'm going to get it back. I said, well, I'm not in a hurry, and I handed her my card, and she looked at my card, and she goes, you do hospice? And I got this weird, just strange look on her face. And I said, yes, I do. And she was shaking her head back and forth going, I don't know how you do it. And I said, listen, you know, and Mother Teresa was great for this too. She says, we all have our gifts. You know, this is yours. That one's mine. And she said, then she said, it was really cute. She said, well, I have a gift with animals. If you ever need to just give me your dog or you want me to take care of your dog or your dog is sick, she goes, I'm the girl for the job. I go, see, there you go. There's your gift. Because we all have things that we're able to do. Sure. And, you know, I sleep horribly at night. I could never do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way it could ever happen. But many times, you know, I will say that when um, I'm reading your work and also in your video series, I'm going to bring this up too, you talk a lot about imagination. I do. And it's beautiful. It really is. Because for me, when I read things like what you're, you're giving to me, you know, we talk a lot before the shows, everyone, and we talk about all these different people. I, I get a beautiful picture when Dominic, when I, when I read Dominic's dream that came to you, I just pictured him. It was clear as day. And then the little, I even pictured the little house, the house was off to my right. And there were two little girls at a screen door. And I was getting something that was more like little house on the prairie kind of house with the big front porch. Mm-hmm. And the big screen door and just a beautiful day and these people smiling with these two beautiful little girls coming to the front door. That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. So I really like reading them because I, my imagination really gets kicked in and the imagination is so important. Yes, it you know, is. I think a lot of people, it's, it's, it's just, it's like you were talking in, you know, and I, I imagined exactly what you had in the video series when uh, it's another little teaser is imagining something that's real. That's easy. And the first yes. thing you said was an apple. And then imagining something that wasn't real. And you said a unicorn. And mine was a beautiful white horse with 
wings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was pretty much the same as what you said that a lot of people do. You know? I do that exercise in groups where I get them to do that, to imagine a real thing and then imagine an unreal thing, and then help them understand that the word imaginary in English is imprecise to mean unreal. Yeah. You know, imaginary things can be real or unreal. Uh, that uh, you, so with the fact that something happens in imagination doesn't tell you whether it's real or not real. You okay. Have, that you have to discern that later. For example, yeah. when people feel like they might have been contacted by their dead mother. Yes. All right. Well, the experience is real. You really did experience that feeling or that uh, instinct or something. Yes. The question is. How do, I, how do I know whether it was really her or not? That's a matter for discernment. And then I have a chapter on that. I teach. Oh, I can't wait for that. I, you know, because a lot of times when I'm working with people and they say something to me like, you know, I will always say to them, have you felt them? Mm-hmm. And they'll kind of cock their head and they're, well, I'm not sure, you know, but I always feel in my mind, if you felt something, it's real. It's the mind that tries to pick it apart and analyze it and make it not real. But I think touching on the imagination is something that's so vital. It's something that's getting left behind. Well, Aristotle and Aquinas both uh, taught that nothing can come to be actually until it's first existed in imagination. Yes, and we talked about that last week, didn't we? You had to imagine being the host of a radio show. Exactly. Before you could actually do it. Yes. And, and you know, when they talk about, like, I know there's a lot of people out there that talk about the law of attraction and stuff like that. But I always feel that, you know, anything, like I'm looking at my microphone right now, and it took somebody's thought in their head to create this kind of Yeti microphone, mm-hmm. correct? Or, you know, Disneyland, let's just take really imagineering as they talk about in Disneyland, you know, and how big and how beautiful it is. It came from somebody's thought. Yes. Somebody imagined it. And I think that's something that we, you know, we just kind of tend to forget. So, it's very important. And, uh, as we're and, in- and what's in your imagination when you cross, when you die, uh, has a lot of power to determine what happens next. Yes, Oh, good, good thought for the ending of the show. That is beautiful. Say that one more time, please. What people imagine at the time of their death has a lot to do with what happens next. Oh, gosh, that could be a whole show, Father Nathan. We'll have you on again. (laughs) Oh, I will have you on again. Father Nathan will be on again uh, the third Wednesday in August. I'm so happy that you were here today and we got to share Dominic's story. We got to share Kenny's story. We got to talk about your video series Please check it out, and Father Nathan, tell them where they can find you and and uh, get a hold of that video series. Yeah, visit me on my website is my name, Nathan, that's N-A-T-H-A-N-C-A-S-T-L-E, nathan-castle.com. And it's in the show notes too, folks, on Voice America, so reach out to him and read the book. It's so beautiful. It's a lot more about what we're talking about here with some incredible stories. Thanks again, Father Nathan, and you have a wonderful weekend. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you too. Take care. So that wraps up another great show today with Father Nathan. We have just had so many great people on the show that are bringing so much to this world right now, and it's kind of in a sad place. So I want everybody Everybody just try and stay uplifted. Remember to have fun and imagine good things in your life. Imagine good things that are coming and uh, take care. God bless you. Bye-bye. We hope you have found hope in this week's edition of Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. Please join your host, Nina Impala, for another program next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again soon.